Hi, as always, it's Darren. For all the first-time listeners, I head up the account management and customer success team here at HackerJob. This week, I'm joined by Michael Well, talent acquisition team lead at SG Digital. How are you doing, Michael? All good, Darren. How are you? Very, very good. I'm very good. good. So I guess it's always the case that when we bring guests on, they may not have not be someone that every listener knows of or has come across on, on LinkedIn. So do you want to give us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, as you mentioned, obviously team lead for talent acquisition at SG. Um, I've been at SG for just coming up to four years now. I joined them when they were still called OpenBet and started as a, a TA there. Uh, that was my first in-house role um, coming off the back of about six and a half years at, at agency. And since since joining what was OpenBet, I've done uh, a number of different things within the business, uh, all centered around the, the TA side of things, have moved on to become a senior TA and then um, ended up as a, as a team lead now looking after a small team in, in the UK, but covering a lot of our, our international locations. So so that's yeah, kind of where I am now. Amazing. And do you want to tell us a little bit about SG Digital? I know before we started doing the recording, you were telling us about some stuff going on in Montreal. It sounds like a really exciting time for the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, SG are a provider of software for the, the betting and gaming industry. So, so we provide uh, software across um, online sports betting, online casino slots and, and gaming. And we have quite a big uh, online eye lottery division as well. You know, the past few months have been, been quite busy. We've been looking at, uh, you know, growing a couple of our offices is uh, Montreal, as you've just mentioned, is uh, is somewhere we've seen you know a reasonable amount of, of, of growth this year. I think with that, we've got the the kind of US uh, growth to, to thank for that. I mean, bring that office in the same same time zone and, and a, a, you know a reasonably successful Canadian customer base as well. We, we're growing that um, that area to help across mainly the online casino side, but but you know certainly a lot of US states are, are growing into the sports betting side, and, and that's where we're looking to you know provide additional assistance as well. And typically, what kind of roles, coding languages do you hire to differentiate by regions? Obviously, talent pool is different by region. So is there any differentiation between two? I'd say each location probably has its uh, its intricacies and, and its uh, nuances on, on you know how how each stack is, is utilised. But I think for for the most part, a lot of our products are, are generally built with the with the same technologies. So our, our sports betting sports betting platform actually has a, a quite a niche language that we use. I know you and I have discussed this at length previously. We use a, a scripting language called TCL or Tickle, as it's fondly known. It's something that's that's obviously you know a lot of people won't have heard of. It's something that that we've had you know our product built. In for quite some time and we, we provide you know a lot of training into that when we when we bring people on because very rarely is it that we find anyone with with that experience so so that's that's the, the kind of core for our, our existing sports product we're, we're looking at sort of newer newer languages newer newer technologies to to enhance that product i mean a lot of the new features for for, for our customers tend to be built in java now so heading that way the casino stack generally everything back end wise tends to be built on on java so all of our uh, our slot machines and our, our online slots generally tend to be built in java with a uh, javascript typescript front end so development wise i mean those are the the, the kind of key key technologies for us uh, you know we, we have a little bit of cloud technology uh, some some teams are starting to bring in devops uh, approach as well so you know the, each each location will have its smaller teams doing other bits but that's that's the kind of key where we look for and I think we, we both agree when we sub this podcast, we weren't going to avoid the elephant in the room in terms of the, the gambling industry in the UK has faced some backlash in, in recent years. So sometimes you get people that are turned off 
for, for working alongside brands due to personal ethics, religious reasons and, and more. As a business, how do you tackle this head on? With individuals, you know, who, who have their own kind of ethical uh, code or, you know, <clears throat> whether they're against betting and gaming or, you know, uh, some other industries that are seen as cleanest to be in, for want of a better word. I think, um, you know, you, there's going to be an element of you're probably not going to sway everyone to, to your way of thinking and not everyone has to has to be interested in, in betting and gaming that's that's absolutely fine I don't, I don't think we're looking for you know the people who objectively um don't want to work in in gaming that's that's absolutely fine i think what we want to do is probably look at people who don't realize you know the, the scale or the scope of what we do maybe haven't considered betting and gaming as a as a uh, you know a career path or, or, or choice to go into that industry and i think it's really for us you know as as the ta team is the real cold face of, of the market to, to be able to give a lot of the positives about what we do and give some some insight as to what our our site and our software can do i mean as you mentioned you know we're working with a lot of the um big name brands within within the uk and, and internationally as well so your, your william hills your labbrokes corals paddy power betfairs you know we, we work with all of the, the kind of tier one operators in the uk and just giving people the the overview of the performance of our software i mean our, our software does more transactions than amazon's does on a, on a black friday in the us in terms of transactions per minute and the uh you know the, the architecture we've got is is some you know of the most high performing and, and, and complex you're probably ever going to work with so you know when, when people see betting and gaming they might think oh you know it's it's maybe not that interesting but i think once you get past the brand or the the kind of get under the bonnet of it you, you look at how how it's built i think that's that's what interests a lot of people who who come to us and i think with with what people do enjoy is, is the challenge and and um you know the, the kind of feel that they're they're never going to work on on anything maybe as, as, as complex or, or challenging moving forward obviously other places will have their own challenges but i think with with the scale of ours it's it's massive i think just to touch on the industry as well i think you know the industry itself is, is changing uh you know working with the, the uk gambling commission and you know, having to change things a few years ago where there's there's maximum betting stakes and and things like that you know i think the industry is is looking to better itself and 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 hopefully to um to move itself in in the right direction and and kind of get away from the the problem gamblers or you know those that, that struggle with the the gambling addiction and are moving away from that so um i think you know for, for what we do is we we try and um we try and work with our customers on that and, and work alongside the uh, responsible gambling piece and that's that's a, a big part of, of what we do when we're, we're creating our software I always go back to a conversation I had with a data scientists when I was agency side. We were talking about uh, actually the gaming industry and, and the complexities in the gaming industry. And he, he raised a really interesting point that the, the two probably most complex industries from a, a data perspective are two that are, are sometimes considered to be taboo. So it was gaming and then the adult industry. If you look at the transactions, it, it's funny, but like if you look at the transactions that go through those two industries on a on a minute by minute basis, there's no other industry in the world like it. It's really? Huge opportunities to work with with great amounts of data. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, you've only got to look at you know some of our, our peak sporting events. I mean, you know. Uh, we would have had the Euros this year, you know, had it not been for for COVID, and and you know that everything was was sort of gearing up towards that. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of our big big events are things like uh, the Cheltenham race meeting, obviously the Grand National, um, any big footballing events, obviously Champions League, FA Cup finals, things like that. You know, 
first day of the season was a few weeks ago that saw a huge increase in bets and and i think yeah when when you're talking about transactions i mean uh, individual operators can can take up to yeah sort of 20 20,000 plus transactions per minute across you know and that's just one operator so we we're running sort of four or five of those uh, on on a uk sports book of a weekend it's huge what we can achieve and that's just transactions placed it's not that the price changes you know all of the the markets moving the live events, you know, the, the traders that we've got working on that. So yeah, it's it's such a, a huge and, and you know intricate piece of software. It's uh, it, it's really impressive once you once you get working on it. Yeah, and the um, having had a, a dabble in my days, I think the live changes in pricing is one of the most frustrating thing when you're uh, when you're doing a football bet and then suddenly there's a price change and you you realise that cool, that's lost me a bit of money, that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. nothing more frustrating than that. But I guess on the positive side, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about some of the amazing things and initiatives you've got for employees at, mm. at Digital, particularly in your learning and development program. Yeah. Can you speak to the, to the listeners a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So I think, um, you know, learning, learning and development for us has, has been a target for improvement for a, for a little while now. We've got, a, we've got an internal L&D team and we've got a, a pretty comprehensive online set of resources where, um, where people can go and, and take, take courses and, and it's kind of a sort of self, self-learning, self-teaching program. Um, what we have just done is um, we've, we've been talking through the summer about sort of enhancing that and, and looking to improve that and give people a more, I guess, a kind of personal approach and, and giving people uh, almost learning and development targets for themselves as well. So we've just hired a new uh, L&D manager. I think they, I think they started this week, actually. They, they, they come on board with a view to, uh, you know, update and and bring a more personal approach to the to the lnd program they'll be um they'll be focusing on on uh, creating some new courses uh you know reviewing what we've we've currently got and, and seeing how much of it is is still relevant and uh if anything is, is a little outdated updating that and yeah really just giving people you know who, who've been asking for, for for courses of learning and and uh, being able to, to to express you know learn a lot more not just about on the job learning but you know people giving for example things like stepping up to management and those who want to go into like the, the people management side of things there'll be courses on, on you know how to how to do that and how to you know be an effective people manager so um i think that's obviously just one example but that, that's going to be a big area of, of where we're looking to to improve and you know hopefully our, our employees as uh are going to welcome that and, and, and take that as a, as a positive. I think, you know, it's, it's been well received the, the news that we're, we're going to be investing in that. So, so hopefully when that comes to fruition, you know, people will start enjoying that, that content. And I think that the fact that you guys have online content and make it available, especially in these times is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, um, another area that we've, we've been we've been um pretty successful in during the the kind of covid working from home period is, is our, our current lnd team have been setting up what they've been titling uh, lunch and learns um so once every i mean it depends how much um content we've got but they generally tend to be sort of once every couple of weeks and it will be um like yesterday we had a, an introduction to our um sports book and casino product set so you know for people who don't necessarily have that view into exactly what our products look like uh, you know they've got an hour with uh, someone from that that part of the team and they can give them an hour overview so it's an open forum good q a session We've got one coming up in a couple of weeks on, on recruitment, so we're going to give an overview of what we do. There's been ones in the past, there have been things about how to run a successful sports book. There's been more kind of technical ones around them. I think we had one run on Ansible. Um, so they can they can really vary in, in any topic, but I think it's 
it's good because it brings people together sort of every every couple of weeks gives them a bit of a focal point feel like they're they're learning something about the business or technology or whatever it might be and that that sort of thing is is just a little touch point for people who, who might be you know at home with without any sort of any other contacts and, and it gives them a, a you know a, a good point to dial in on so that's that's certainly something that, that we've seen quite a good turnout for as well and, and seems to be very well received and I think what's interesting if you look at the industry and how it's changed in the last few years is that for me, companies need to focus as much now on, on retention as you do is bring people in because there's no point bringing in 200 people and then 250 of those leave because you've just wasted your own time. So I think the fact that you guys offer great L&D elements means that hopefully people don't feel like they need to go elsewhere in order to, to further their career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, as you mentioned, obviously, it's, it's it's all well and good bringing people in. But if you're losing them hand over fist, it's you're fighting a losing battle, whatever happens. So, yeah, retention has, has been another key part of, of what we're, we're looking to do. And I think we're, uh, you know, along with the L&D piece, we're, we're, um, we're sort of starting to look into sort of new values for the business, defining, defining a better culture. And, and, you know, I think that's going to come hand in hand with the return to work and, and, you know, returning to the office. I think that, that, that's going to be a, a big part of, you know, maybe our new identity, if you like. So I think that's, that's a huge part of, of what we want to be doing to not only encourage people to come and work for us, but also to encourage people to stay once they're here and, and, you know, get the most out of their career with us. So I think, you know, a, a lot of it can be good ideas, but we, we need to be the ones to, to be putting them into, into practice and getting the most out of these ideas, which I, you know, I think we're starting to have some success with. And are you going to do that lunch and learn or is it one of your colleagues? So yeah, me and one of my colleagues in Athens and uh, my boss as well will be, will be leading that. We've got three sessions. So we've, I think a 6am start for those in our Asia offices, uh, a lunchtime here and then a, um, a sort of later, I think a 5pm for our sort of US and, and Canada based offices. So uh, yeah, be a, a long day, but hopefully uh, worthwhile to, to you know, answer any questions people might have about what we do and, and give people a, a better oversight as to how the, how the recruitment works sort of when it's, when it's broken down. And how many attendees are you expecting across those three? It's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we, you know, with the hiring manager contingent we've got, I'd like to be targeting, you know, I think for the UK one uh, or for the for the, the kind of lunchtime one, I think we'll hopefully have an attendance of sort of, you know, a couple of hundred for that. You've, you've never struck me as someone that's, uh, that gets terrified of public speaking, but that's a lot of people would speak to yeah, I mean, it is. Um, it's a lot easier when you sat at a desk talking into a camera. But yeah, it's, um, you know, I think if, you, if you're confident in what you're, what you're saying and, and you believe what you're, you're trying to tell people, then, you know, it should, should come naturally. And, uh, you know, we, we've planned for it. Of course we had. But, you know, if, if there's questions, you know, I like to think we'd be able to answer them well enough that, that people feel informed when they come away from that. Nice. Onboarding. Let's go on to onboarding. Onboarding right now is, is difficult, but onboarding yeah. is difficult. So, uh, but I know it's something that you guys are really passionate about. So can you tell us about the onboarding processes that you already have in place and, and how the strategy is working while everyone is working remotely? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest and say, um, you know, I think our, our onboarding prior to COVID and working from home was, was, was pretty good. Um, I think it was, you know, it, it can be a little bit lengthy because of some of the checks we need to have in place due to the, the nature of the industry we work in. But you know, it was, a, it was a shock to everyone when we're, we're all sort of suddenly remote working. And, and initially, you know, we thought maybe we'll be at home for a few weeks and then we'll be back in the office. So there was no real long term plan. So we've had to we've had to develop that. And it's um, 
it's a combination of um, you know us and, and the HR department dealing with the, the candidate aspect and you know managing managing their expectations. It's also working with with IT to make sure that people's equipment is being shipped on time. It's also working with L and D who do the welcome emails and and the kind of initial uh, inductions and that sort of thing. So there's there's quite a lot of moving parts, and I think it it was quite difficult at, at first. Um, you know, making sure that everyone had their their responsibilities and uh, where we hadn't really got a process set up you know trying to organize that remotely and doing separate calls was was fairly difficult i think we're we're just about there now it's still a little bit clunky if i'm if i'm brutally honest but i don't think we were ever looking for something that was was going to be perfection or, or still a you know a long-term thing uh, but i think you know we as a, as a team have now realized that you know this is a candidate experience piece this is this is people's first impression of us so it being okay is not is not good enough we need something that's polished it, it needs to be you know people getting good good checkpoints and and you know f- feeling like they're they're really looking forward to starting with us and um i think previously you know that we've had a few sort of hiccups and, and people not receiving things on time which i think was expected but now we're, we're looking at you know really giving a lot more a lot more focused to that so we, we've um, we've actually brought in a project manager for our recruitment and HR team who's going to be sort of um, looking after this as, as part of their piece so she's she's come on board a couple of weeks ago and she's going to be uh, you know heading up the, the kind of onboarding piece look at really transforming that which we're then going to be a part of so it's, it's still a work in progress and I think you know I think we, we've sort of targeted at the end of the year as a you know an ideal thing to get our, our new process going I, I can't sort of give too much information on, on you know what we're going to be doing um because it's still waiting for, for a bit of internal agreement but yeah i think it's uh it's something we're, we're still going very well on uh it seems to be very the team seems to be very bought into it so you know i think um i think we'll be able to to develop that and and, and get something that's that's actually you know we can be proud of and, and people will have a, a really good experience sort of coming to join us that, that's hugely impressive though that you brought yeah. in their manager to to particularly look after that element. I, I think that shows that, look, that the company is fully invested on making sure that everyone has the right experience. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I mean, that, that's, you know, one of her, one of her many pieces of work. I mean, I think, you know, as, a, as an HR and a recruitment function, we are, um, we, we use, a, you know, a lot of different systems and we use, a, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, of things that probably could do with a, um, a look at that no one, you know, doing their day job has the time to do. So we, we needed someone specifically to come in and manage, look at, look, understand how things work and manage uh, you know, an update and, and sort of improvement across a few, a few processes we've got onboarding being, being one you know, DNI being, being another, you know, she's going to be looking into that. Um, you know, there, there's a few other things in, you know, that she's, she's going to be having on her, on her uh, project plans that, that we'll be, we'll be helping out with, but yeah, you know, certainly from a, from an HR and, and recruitment side, we're, we're positive about the changes we're, we're going to try and make to the business. And uh, I always, although I've not started in a new business while this has been going on, so others may feel differently, but I think the most important thing for me is that, you, you, you mentioned it, but those touch points, when you start for a business, there's nothing worse than sitting down at your desk day one, knowing you're working from home from this point onwards and, and not knowing anyone yeah. that, you can, that you can reach out to or you don't really know what, the, what is the, the structure that you should be going towards. So how as a business do you, do you get around that? Do you have someone that is like a buddy when they join the business or, or how does that system work? So it, it generally depends what, what aspects or what what department in the business you, you join i mean some of our 
some of our more technical teams will, will have um, like a, a general sort of company induction, then they'll be put into two weeks technical induction. So they'll get up to speed on, on you know, um, TCL and things like that, get, get an introduction into the, into the language we're using. They might have a buddy or, you know, their hiring manager will, will pair them up with, with you know, a couple of people within the team as, as people to go to for, for any assistance. So yeah, there is, there isn't an element of that. I don't think it's, it's very clearly defined at the moment and it's, it's the onus is on, the hiring manager to uh, to kind of do that off their own back. It's not a, a set process, but this is this is something that we want to change. You know, before people are joining as well, we want to we've started to encourage hiring managers to set up their own times to maybe check in with the candidate once they've been offered and accepted to uh, to, to make sure that they're they're happy, they've got everything they need. If there's any sort of uh, learning or, or material they can read up on prior joining the business, um, you know, potentially set up a call with, with some of the team before they join so they sort of feel included and, and have a few familiar faces for when they do join. And actually one thing we've, we've started doing, um, I think our first one was actually yesterday, was we are starting to run uh, what we're calling virtual coffee mornings. So HR and recruitment are, are going to be sort of handling this, setting up a call with, we've said sort of between five and 10 new starters, um, generally having a bit of an icebreaker and, uh, you know, conversation about, you know, people who've joined the business recently. So, you know, they're not only meeting the people in their team, but they're meeting other new starters and, you know, hoping, uh, hoping to sort of uh, give them some connections outside of their, their immediate team to, uh, to, to have someone to, to talk with and, and feel that they're included in other parts of the business because it's, you know, you haven't got that bumping into people in the canteen or, you know, waiting for the lift and talking for people. I think joining a business, unless you've got a big team can be quite a, almost quite a, a lonely experience, uh, especially if you're joining a small team. So I think the, the more we can encourage uh, interaction between those, those new joiners, um, you know, hopefully it just adds to that experience piece. And I think given the size of the business and I've been to your office and I know that that office was buzzing when, hmm. you know, when everything was full steam ahead. But I, I think what's quite important is that what you talked about where like cross-functional conversations, because if you are working for a larger business, oftentimes if you're working in product for example you may not speak to someone in sales or marketing so I, I always love the idea when companies are saying look we we try to introduce them to people across the the business so that everyone really understands what's happening yeah yeah absolutely i mean it, it's, it's really encouraging those yeah like you say those those conversations across teams and departments to um you know hopefully give give everyone the best experience they, they can and, and to learn as much about the business as they can as well um i think you know another thing that we've we've been pretty good on during especially during the, the, the sort of first uh, weeks of working from home was we were having weekly all hands town halls headed up by the execs so it was all all the execs spoke at those those initial meetings um they've since sort of tapered off and we were going down to two weeks then every three weeks and we're still doing one a month now but it's nice to hear you know now now that we're at one a month it's not just the exec talking it's it's different divisional managers or you know not even managers sometimes just talking about their areas and giving people a bit of a better overview as to, as to what they're doing. So you're not only sort of understanding, you know, what the exec think and, and the, the, the kind of high level stuff is, is people sort of giving you a bit, bit of a deeper, deeper dive on their, um, you know, their recent successes and their wins. And so, yeah, that, I think that has been a, you know, I think that's something that's, that's well received. I mean, certainly from my end, you know, I've, I've been hearing from people that I've not really spoken to before and it's, it's good to, to get an insight into what they do. So it's, it's been, yeah, a lot, a lot of positives I'd say so that that's the onboarding but obviously mm. we've, we've mentioned it a little bit earlier in the call onboarding is great but you need to make sure that you are giving people experiences when they're in the business long term so you're retaining them yeah. so what are sg doing as a business 
to help people that have been with the business for a while like what changes have you made since working from home potentially we've been pretty good uh, as i mentioned you know a few of the, the the kind of touch points you know people have been with the business i think the the, the kind of town halls and the, the all hands have been have been good good for everyone uh, no matter how long you've been with the business i think we've we've still been doing uh, a lot of uh, we've been trying to keep things as, as business as usual as possible so um still going through your OKRs and, and you're doing your, your sort of six monthly targets and, and giving people, uh, you know, things to aim for. One thing we, we were doing sort of prior to this, and it's, it's a shame it sort of had to stop, but uh, we were doing something um, called Step Up. It's, it's sort of a chance to, to get involved in uh, local charities or a chance to give back so um i think you know we, we've had our, our exec team i think kicked it off and they they went and helped out at like a i think it was like a homeless shelter and they were serving lunches and then there was i think the the marketing team went and volunteered in the charity shop i think the team in stockholm went out and did like litter picking we've had people doing like food and clothing drives for the homeless so i think it's you know for things like that people to, to get involved not just in the business but but have um, their colleagues around them helping to, to give back to, to local and national good causes that's that's been something that, that people can can hopefully do whilst at work but not necessarily related to work and feel like they're, they're contributing something. So um, that's a, another plus point, you know, we, we, we're trying to do as much as we can with the charities to, to sort of, you know, feel like we're giving something back. And, and, and as an industry, you know, I think that's, that's something we're, we're trying to, to highlight as, you know, we're, we're doing some positive stuff with the local communities as well. So other than that, like I say, a lot of it's been business as usual, and there's probably a lot of stuff that's, that's kind of gone maybe by me or, or a little unnoticed that, that we're doing to, to, you know, sort of maintain people's happiness but i think you know a lot of teams are working a lot closer together now due to the the, the kind of daily check-ins and stuff they're having so um, yeah i think it, you know overall pretty pretty positive from us it sounds like you're super busy at the moment so big pieces probably have gone under the radar. yeah yeah uh, to be honest i've been head down recruiting which is obviously you know a, a good thing for us um you know very very positive to be able to to recruit but certainly the level that we have been um in in times like these so uh you're very grateful that we've been given the opportunity to to keep doing our job as as much as we can and and yeah there's there's been a you know a, a lot going on so there's 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 probably a lot that i've missed with recruitment being top of the top of the list i'm, I'm happy that we're, we're still doing that amazing and talk about recruitment always uh always difficult question and a little bit of a let your finger and put it in the air and see see what comes but what do you think will change in hiring going forward where do you think the industry will go it's a difficult one i mean you know who can who can really say i mean i think you know what i have been impressed with um and and personally speaking i think is is not just us as a team but our our hiring teams have been so accommodating with with us you know doing interviews maybe out of out of office hours you know, which wouldn't have happened because people have got to get home. Everyone's at home already, so they, they can do what they need to earlier in the day. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot more um, yeah, people are very, very accommodating. Um, I think the, the video aspect of interviewing is, is going to be something that, that we can continue doing. You know, we had difficulty, you know, particularly with higher level roles where we've got to coordinate maybe you know, a few diaries, of, especially of the, the exec, you know they don't all need to be in the office at the same time now you know there's there's the confidence that we they can dial in remotely and interview people whereas i think before you know everyone wanted to, to meet people face to face i think that's that's going to be a huge change um obviously the big thing for everyone i'm sure is going to be that the working from home part i mean we we as a business didn't really have a 
a working from home policy we were we were pretty much in the office all the time there was a bit of an unofficial leniency towards if you needed to work from home you could but it was never you know two days a week three days a week you can work from home i think that's going to change and i think that's going to change for everyone and i think that you know that that might add into the to the retention piece. I think you know a lot of people are, are fed up with the not necessarily their jobs, but they're fed up with the commute, or they're you know they're they're, they're spending an hour or two on trains a day just to get to a to a job that they can do just as well from home. And I think you know personally speaking, I've got quite a long commute, and it's you know, getting up and, and just going in the, the room next door and, and setting up your laptop is a lot easier than getting on like three trains as I used to and spending like an hour and a half on, on trains. So yeah, I, th- I think, you know, a lot of people will probably, probably see out a lot more time in their jobs because they don't feel that, you know, that they're happy with the work. They're maybe just unhappy with the, with the commute or the work-life balance. So I think that that goes for, for us and, and probably a lot of other businesses as well. I think everyone's going to see that change. So I, I would say that's, that's probably my, my off the top of my head, a couple of biggest things, you know, the, the kind of, video aspect of, of interviewing and the flexibility people have got as well as the uh, the working from home piece i think that's that's going to change things hugely yeah i i agree i think so i know pre-covid there was a lot of clients that we work with that said look if that person's in in berlin they need to fly into london in order to interview which made sense at the time or felt like it made sense <laughs> yeah. but now looking back it doesn't really make sense because there's there's tools like we've not not to plug hack job but we've got our own like pair programming tool on the on the yeah. system whiteboarding exercises it, it, most of the stuff that they were flying in for potentially at their own expense yeah. is stuff that you've just done over the over a video call yeah. so i love that companies are now becoming a little bit more flexible around it yeah i think so and it's um yeah, I think it's only going to going to benefit people that you know, like you say, if, if people have got to travel long distances or, or whatever it might be, they've not got to take a day off work. You know, they can book an hour out in their diary. They can do it from home, and it feeds into the working from home piece. You know, if if you work from home, you can do an interview at you know any time really. Just block an hour in your diary, and 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 you're able to do it. So yeah, I think that's that's going to be a, a huge thing that will that will change for the for the better, hopefully. Cool. So, um, firstly, thank you for attending. Uh, we got to the end of everything I wanted to cover. Pleasure. I think that people probably will want to reach out after this. So, listeners will probably listen and say, look, I've got a couple of questions that weren't answered because Darren's yeah. not a very good interviewer. <laughs> so, what's the best way for people to reach out to you after this? Uh, so, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Michael Whale. Reach out to me on there. Drop me an email directly, uh, michael.whale at sgdigital.com. Um, that's pretty much the easiest ways to, to get hold of me. So, yeah, and happy to answer any questions anyone may have. Amazing. And if people want to reach out to me or the team, if you reach out to hello at hackerjob.co. Thanks again for your time, Michael. No worries. Thanks for your time.